Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, coming to you today from Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm down here for some brief meetings relating to our upcoming Faith Walkers Conference. But we've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and particularly where Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. And Jesus warned us, we've been talking about how these ravenous wolves are dangerous. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about our spiritual enemy, because we can't see him. And because we can't see him, it's easy to question how dangerous really is he. And for this reason, God has given us some word pictures. Of course, Jesus talked about him being a ravenous wolf. Peter talked about him being like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But in the Old Testament, we have an example that I think is also very, very important. It comes from Jeremiah chapter 39. What had happened here, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had laid siege to the city of Jerusalem, meaning they surrounded the city and they were going to, no one could come in, no one could go out. Sooner or later, they would starve them to death. And they were also attacking the wall. And after 16 months of besieging the city, they had a breach in the wall. Now, when the wall was breached, the king of Judah, Zedekiah, realized this is over. They couldn't stand against the Babylonians, so he fled. He and his nobles, his leaders with him. He didn't make it too far. He was captured, and he was brought to, uh, brought to Nebuchadnezzar. So this is the king of Judah who had put up a fight and now was being, uh, having surrendered, shall we say, to the king of Babylon. Well, he'd been caught, so obviously he's having to pay homage to him. What do you think the king of Nebuchadnezzar, what do you think this king did to the king of Judah? Did he just uh, honorably accept his submission and uh, his defeat? Not at all. He took the nobles and he slayed them right in front of uh, Zedekiah's eyes. And then he took Zedekiah's family, his children, his wife, all of his family members, and he slayed them right in front of Zedekiah's eyes. Can you imagine that? I mean, the, the scripture graciously only gives us a sentence or two. But, the, you know, he probably had dozens of nobles. Who knows how many children? And all of them were slain right in front of him. What a gruesome sight it must have been. But that wasn't it. Because then the next thing they did was they gouged out his eyes. That's right. They gouged out his eyes. So that now he was blind. And the last thing he ever saw was the slaying of his family and his nobles. Obviously, it would have been incredibly painful. Then they put him in a, uh, fetters of bronze. And they took him to the city and they, uh, to, they took him and threw him in the dungeon where he, where he was until he died. Wow. I sometimes have asked, I don't know anyone that cruel. That is cruelty of a in, incredible nature. But do you think, here's my question. Do you think Nebuchadnezzar was more cruel than the devil himself? Do you think he was more destructive, more mean, more hateful, more 
murderous, more bloodthirsty than the devil? I think not. I think Nebuchadnezzar was probably inspired by demonic forces. I don't know. But the bottom line is this. This is a word picture of our spiritual enemy. He's not nice. He didn't play by the rules. He's not, he's, he's not going to be kind to you. He's not going to go easy on you. Friend, the devil wants to populate hell. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants, he wants, to, he wants you to suffer. He's, he wants you to live a torturous life and a torturous eternity. Now, our, our Savior came to save us. Our God wants to save us. Sometimes he gets blamed for hell. Well, it's Satan who wants you to suffer forever. And so I want to I want to use this as a word picture. And I want to say, is that what can we, to understand our enemy, how cruel he is. But then you've got to understand another thing. In the days of Zedekiah and Nebuchadnezzar, they fought with weapons, swords, spears that probably had other weapons to break down walls and so forth. And when the wall was broken down, Zedekiah realized he's finished. He's done. He'd better flee because now the enemy was in the walls. I've shared here before how several years ago, on three successive weekends, I visited a castle, one in London, the Tower of London, one in Italy, and one in in uh, India. And what struck me with all three of these castles was how high and how big and thick the walls were surrounding the castle. And I thought, how much effort, money, time, human capital went into building those walls? And my wife told me, well, they didn't really have a choice. Because if the walls weren't there, the enemy could come in and the enemy would kill them. They had to build them. Walls keep the bad guys out. Zedekiah had a wall around Jerusalem. It kept Nebuchadnezzar out. Well, our enemy, we don't have physical walls really that are to keep our enemy out today, our spiritual enemy. Our spiritual enemy fights by lying to us. Our spiritual enemy, we live in the information age. And our spiritual enemy fights by lying to us, by deceiving us, we see. He is a father of lies, we read in John chapter 8. Now, here's the thing. What walls do we have up? Well, my friend, we have no walls up. We live in the time of the internet, where if you have the device you're looking at right now as you're watching me, there are no walls anymore. You have the, the, the evildoers of this world, be they pornographers, be they cultists, be they false religions, false ideas, be they thieves, be they hackers, evildoers have access to you right now. Now, of course, I'm a good guy and I have access too, but evildoers have access to you and there are no walls. All the, the only wall is your will, your choice your ability to say yes to what's good and no to what's evil. There are no gatekeepers that are going to filter out ideas and say, no, that's not true. That, 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 that what they're saying about the Bible, that's not true. What they're saying about Jesus, that's not true. There are no, no gatekeepers out there to protect you. I'm sorry. 
the only protection for you, your family, your church, our nation, the only protection we have has got to be our own determination to do what is right. And if you don't have that, and if you're, if you're weak-willed, you don't have a strong self-will when it comes to resisting evil, well, the walls are broken down, my friend. The walls are broken down, and the enemy will have free access to your soul, and that means you're in trouble. David said in Psalm 119, which is a great psalm to read about David's love for the word and his hatred of evil, he says in Psalm 119, verse 128, Therefore I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. You know, I think some of us, when it comes to the evil one, we don't hate his work. We don't hate his work passionately. I think because sometimes we don't recognize the danger of it. We think we can allow something negative, bad, evil into our mind. It could be something small like gossip. It could be something bigger like pornography. It could be something bigger like a direct attack on the Bible. And somehow we think, oh, I can take it. I'm tough. I'm strong. I'm spiritual. I can take it. God forgives me. I'm just a little bit here. I'm not going to really look at this long or think of this long or read a lot of this stuff. My friends, I hate every false way. This must be our attitude because we live in a time where if we don't hate it, the walls are broken down. The enemy has breached the walls. The false information that can come into our mind is immense. And remember, our enemy hates us. His primary weapon lies and deception. We live in the information age. We have access to all this information. Much of it's not true. So what am I saying to you as we wrap up this week's message series of messages about the wolves and sheep's clothing and the evil ones, false prophets? I guess I just want to be saying today, realize our enemy is dangerous. Our enemy is more dangerous than a mugger on a dark alley at midnight. Our enemy is more dangerous than someone trying to break into your house. Our enemy is more dangerous than the physical enemies, the, the terrorists that you might, ISIS or Al-Qaeda or some of these. Our enemy is dangerous. He prowls about seeking to destroy our soul. The walls that would protect previous generations have been breached. And if you don't have the self-strength by the power of the Holy Spirit, the self-control, you could become a casualty. And I pray that won't happen. Amen. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning and we pray to you and we just say that sometimes we almost feel defenseless. There's so many, there's so much information always coming our way, and so much of it's false and deceptive, and it's sometimes it's a wolf in a sheep's clothing, and it looks safe, 
Other times we recognize that this is really bad, and yet it, it can be like an onslaught of it. It just comes and comes and comes after us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to have our guard up, to be aware of the danger, to understand that the, the, the hatred of our soul wants to destroy us, and we would not be apathetic towards him. We would not be apathetic towards evil, but we would hate it passionately, stand against it. Help us to be this way, Father. Help us to have a rejection. You said resist the devil, and he would flee from you. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. And I pray today, fathers, we think of the battles we're in, and the walls have been breached. We're not protected. We've got to stand our own ground, that you give us the, the strength and courage to resist the devil until he flees. Thank you. You give us the strength, and we receive it from you. In Jesus' name, amen, <clears throat> amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining with me today. As you can tell, we like to get into the Word of God and talk about it, make it practical. The Word of God's living, active, and it can change our lives, and we need it. It is our sword, the sword of our spirit. It is our shield of faith, and we want to be strong in it. If you're new today, welcome. I'm glad you've come along. You, I invite you to join us. We come here every day, live, 8.30 a.m. I'm, I'm pre-recording this because of my travels, but live, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can join us later in the day. You can watch later. You can listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. But the point being, get in the Word. Join us if you can. Set a time. Commit. Build this into your schedule. Be in the Word. We live in a time we need strong, mighty men and women of God. And to be strong, mighty, you need to be not just a when I feel like a Christian, but a Christian who makes commitments is building the strength of God's word in your life day by day by day. Amen. Thanks for joining with me. If you're here regularly, you know I love you. So glad to have you along. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.